0: All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morale. I'll be your podcast host. Joining me today, and back by popular demand, Coach Nick Anderson. Coach, thanks Popular so much for demand. Gosh. Popular demand.
1: That's good to hear. You know what? <laughs> Always it, it, fun to be here.
0: I, you know, People seem to enjoy your input, and uh, as long as they want to keep listening to you, I'm going to keep bugging you for more podcasts. Fair enough. You good with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Very
0: excellent, because I love having you here, and you uh, definitely provide a, a great deal of insight and a new perspective that I love, uh, especially coming from a place of education,
1: Depending on who you ask, I guess. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's,
0: it can be a little subjective, but I think it can I be definitely. Subjective. Yeah, but I, I'm am digging your involvement in this, and I appreciate really, it. Yeah, I'm glad you can be here. All right, so you know, we're gonna, we're gonna discuss a couple things today that I had in mind. Uh, certainly, certainly, you know, we talk about firearms a, queer bit, a fair bit. Did I say queer, yes, did, I, did I say queer bit? I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, I, that was not a that was not a Freudian slip. I don't know. What are we going to call that? I, I think we just keep going. We just, yeah, okay. All right, let's keep rolling. Anybody who's out there that's offended by whatever error I just made there, sorry. Uh, it was completely unintentional, and I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> 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 <We're>, <laughs> you know what? Oh, by the way, put the kids away. We might swear a little bit. <laughs> Too late. Too late. All right, I'm not even going to bother to ask Dave to edit that out. Anyway, uh, talking about some things that uh, are not necessarily firearm-related, but I do think they're important because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we've certainly got at the forefront of the news today. uh, Firearm-related, you know, bands are are big big headliners right now. You know, they're... Banning uh, assault rifles or what they're calling or characterizing as assault rifles and handguns out in uh, New Zealand. And, uh, you know, my philosophies on, on banning are, are well known. And uh, I, think, I think that I've always said that, you know, banning guns is not the answer, never has been. Uh, and, and, and as long as they continue to take that approach, we're, they're going to fail, you know, uh, abysmally. And, uh, of course, we'll just be right back at the table again uh, with the anti-gun coalition saying, see, we told you it needed to be stiffer. You know, like the the penalties or the 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 restrictions needed to be more. We need more of that. And then I mean, every time they take little bits and pieces, it's a real estate war, man. We're losing for the last 30 years. We've been losing ground to the you know anti-gun coalition. Every time they ask for the stars, they settle for the moon, and we give up another foot of uh, you know our freedom to enjoy our property lawfully. And so you know, I want to get I want to get back to some of the roots uh, of what I think you know, need to be discussed in terms of, uh, you know, improving public safety without compromising, you know, uh, our rights. And I'm going to continue to call them rights, even if they're, uh, you know, Defined as privileges by law, Uh, I think we have a right to enjoy our property. I think we have a right to, you know, own property. I think those things are uh, responsibly.
1: Yeah, responsibly. Responsibly. But but
0: but I think though that in law, you know, if you talk to podcast Brian, he would tell you you don't have any rights to to property in Canada. You don't. You just you don't you don't have the ability to own anything. Everything is owned by the Queen and the Crown. And you're, you know, you're in a position where you don't legally own those things. They can be, you know, you can be relieved of them at any time. And I think that that's something that needs to change. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I really do think that with a change in government after the uh, the next set of elections, I think that we really need to spend a lot of time uh, discussing the possibility of enshrining property rights and laws for for the gun owners, uh, so that we can never have to suffer through this again. Because, like, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I mean, like many people, I worry about
1: my property. I worry worry that they're going to take it away from me suddenly and without justifiable cause at any time. Well, I mean, and again, using New Zealand as the example, if they can just, uh, without due process, say this, these are done. What what's next? Yeah. Well, if they, they was- decide if they kind of come up with their own justification in their mind and they decide that they don't like this or they don't want that, or they do want this, or whatever it is, they just arbitrarily change it, literally overnight, no due process, no referendum, nothing. Nothing. You know, just wave a magic wand. What what happened to democracy? That kind of sounds like a dictatorship
0: to me. Yeah, well, there's not, you know, there seems, democracy seems to be under attack in in, in multiple levels, you know, certainly with the SNC-Lavalin affair, we've got, you know, the... The shutting down of committees, uh, you know, in investigations relating to corruption uh, perpetrated by the liberal government or at least the alleged, you know, uh, corruption that may be occurring there.
1: Certainly it looks like it. Uh, I, I would I would beg to 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 argue that it's not necessarily democracy being shut down. It's being redefined by the by the people in power. Yeah. To suit their needs of their agenda, what they want to do. Yeah. And I mean, it, isn't that the definition of tyranny? Like, I mean, well, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, cha- I'll, I'll change the law to fit my needs yeah. and yeah. it will, it will bend to my will. You That's know, like, definitely not democratic no. and there's nothing... Nothing to do with democracy related to any of that.
0: No, no. And, I mean, we, we could talk about a lot of things, you know, like uh, if they can ban guns, they can, you know, they can ban fast motorcycles. You know, they can ban they can ban any one of a number of activities as that they, they deem, justify, uh, you know, yeah. unsafe or unfit yep. for, you know... Uh, whatever the reason. Yeah, for any reason they like, you know, they can come up with some kind of justification for it and just enact it. And, I mean, so you don't have to like firearms to, uh, you know, want to make sure that that sort of thing doesn't happen. You can, you know, just enjoy freedom and, and appreciate yeah. the fact that... We we live in a democratic, it's, you know,
1: free society. I I, th- I think the danger is very few people are looking past the topic of firearms mm-hmm. to see what the fundamental philosophy is behind it and how that can be dangerous. Yeah. Um. And they may they may not like firearms for whatever reason, just because maybe they're just not into it. They've never had the opportunity, uh, whatever reason. And they go, oh well. And again, it's it's maybe it's something that doesn't affect them either, so they they pay no mind to it. But. People need to pay attention to the, the that fundamental philosophy that behind that is that this is being done without due process, overnight, without in, in, any uh, uh, consultation or opinion from the general public who it's directly affecting. Um, yeah, at their whim. I, I, I don't. I, I, if you ask the liberals, they would tell you that there's been plenty of public
0: consultation. They would tell you that we've had town hall meetings and anybody who's been to these town hall meetings will, will tell you that they're not, the predetermined they're not, they're question not, cards? they're not no, okay. discussions. they're handing out no. question cards. They're, that's that's they're, staged. Yeah. That's a theatrical event. Yeah. Well, more, more importantly, for talk- the drama teacher. Yeah. And they're, and they're, and they're talking down to people that, you know, want to discuss firearm ownership and <laughs> how the new legislation as it's proposed currently will have no impact on public safety and really is, you know, an effort by this government to dupe the population into believing something being done, and, to, and to ultimately garner votes, you know, and divide. Course, yeah. yeah, so, so, and, and, and I mean, anytime you bring up uh, an argument that runs contrary to what it is that they're proposing in terms of a narrative, you get shut down immediately. And right. I mean, and, 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 and truth be told, I, I you know, deep down inside, I'm, I'm actually thrilled in many ways with uh, the frustration I'm sure the conservative government is feeling right now. And I'll, and I'll get to my logic here, folks. Uh, you know, like I think finally uh, conservative leaders and, and you know, leaders of the opposition are seeing the kind of uh, stonewalling that gun owners have been subjected to for decades. Like, I mean, talking about subjects that have nothing to do with firearms, the, the conservative leadership is finally, I think, getting a a feel for the kind of treatment that gun owners have become quite accustomed to over the years. And I mean, I know you haven't been in the firearm community as long as I have, Coach mm-hmm. Nick, but, but I can tell you right now that, you know, our voices have been ignored for for decades, and logic has been you know falling on deaf ears for you know more than twenty two years. I mean, everybody knows that the Firearms Act, as it's currently written, is is just it's ambiguous. Full if, of gray it's area. Yep. Full of gray area. It's fraught with all kinds of nonsense and, and subject to a lot of interpretation, and really doesn't yeah. address you know the key core issues that that stimulate you know the kind of violence that we see you know. In involving firearms in gang activity and an organized crime Well,
1: be, let's be specific it involves firearms that uh were never available for sale in this country which makes a big deal but you never see in the in in the video piece on the news or in the in the print article doesn't identify that yeah you know i saw i saw one just recently and i put it up on the page the one, uh, the one in the
0: baby yeah, yeah. the baby's crib yeah. you know like yep. i mean and, and, and you know again uh Irresponsible reporting on the part of uh, City News uh, Toronto. You know they've the, got. They've got they are got, you
1: surprised? It's Toronto. Yeah. Well, no offense what, to our people, our friends in Toronto, but you know, still quite very liberal very red left left wing yeah. yeah
0: you know and for the people that didn't see it you know there's there was a uh, a firearm that was recovered by the police it was seized by police it was a loaded 45 caliber uh, semi-automatic a 1911 uh, styled pistol and it was found loaded in a baby's crib and my first reaction is reading the article they say you know loaded gun found in a crib in Scarborough and and not much else and you know there was a list of charges but really uh, nothing to indicate that 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 firearm, right, and I mean, that article would scare any member of the public not familiar with firearms. That firearm is already banned in this country. If you look at it, it's a 12-6 length barrel. Mm -hmm. And it's the uh, type of firearm that hasn't been available for sale since the mid-90s. That firearm that we see in that photograph was not manufactured uh, prior to the ban. So that gun was never in this country legally in the first place. So nope. the article itself is a little bit misleading. What it should read is, gun that is already banned in this country magically appears somehow and it, the article should read uh, proposed legislation would do nothing to stop this and, and realistically if you vote for the legislation you're saying that this this article really is meaningless uh, in, in whatever emotions it evokes whatever whatever drives you to want to ban guns shouldn't shouldn't be connected to that that article because that article is proof positive
1: that the proposed changes are not going to have any impact that's still going to happen well it doesn't complete the big picture of no of that, that article specifically um and i think that's been uh, a growing trend with those that uh, oppose law-abiding gun owners in canada to enjoy the hobby they've enjoyed for years is is don't give the big picture or yeah. or manipulate statistics or yeah. anything else that just kind of drives their agenda and, and what they i guess they believe in right? i call
0: i call them half truths you know like you speak, i don't you,
1: think you should associate the word, the word tr- truth with that yeah really like unless you give the the complete big picture uh, unobjectively, unbiasedly, and allow people to make up their mind on their own, of their own free will. There's no, tr- to me, there's not really a lot of truth associated with that.
0: Well, the media, the media has uh, an enormous responsibility to report the news uh, accurately and objectively to the public, and I don't think they're doing that. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people no, that feel that close. you know, six hundred million dollars sitting on the sidelines, waiting to be you know doled yeah. out to those that uh, you know are deemed fit to receive it, you know, might be quite an incentive uh, if they you know know what the narrative that the current government is willing to push they may just omit certain facts certain important facts i think i think the public should know that that gun was
1: never for sale in this country that it could have that it could have never come from a legitimate source and let me guess that person i don't don't know if it's because i haven't followed up on reading the article the person where it was found or the residence was where it was found was that person known to police so they have a criminal record well I'm sure I'm so sure a criminal using a gun that was never used in excuse me never for sale in Canada is not new. Well I
0: don't want to be I don't want to be accused of you know spreading false facts and I certainly don't want to be accused of being fake news if uh, if we're that at all uh, you know I haven't confirmed that the uh person in possession of that gun wasn't a, a legal gun owner, although I can't imagine uh, that they were. I, I don't imagine that that person owned that firearm uh, prior to 1995 and as a collector and somehow magically ended up in some criminal spheres and uh, engaged Is in the Is it activity.
1: possible? Sure. I think there's a pretty slim chance of that, though. Well, no, actually, actually, there isn't. There, there isn't because, well, no, there it, because isn't, it's 126.
0: Because, 6 Well, because it's 126, and because that gun wasn't manufactured, right uh, by the time laws changed, there right. was no legal way for that gun to enter the country I love the fact that they continuously and it seems to be a very very common theme I'm continuously seeing pictures of guns that have been seized by police that fall into that 12-6 yeah. category yeah. where they they were never available
1: in this country in any legal kind of so so for the general public that may be listening you aren't that familiar with it by virtue of ownership of that type of firearm you are a criminal now
0: yeah oh yeah so yeah <laughs> yeah well, so
1: now no, no, mind you there were guns that were created
0: before the ban, and there are people that collected those guns, and those guns have never been used in crimes. Uh, those those collectible 12-6 items that were present in this country prior to the change in law in 1995, so those guns do exist in this country, but not that model and not that make of gun. Mm-hmm. Which means that it was smuggled into the country through you know, illegitimate you know, channels breaking the law, breaking the law and nothing that they proposed in the current changes would change that. So I think that this article for the people that are willing to examine it closely would be a clear indication. It's actually proof of our point that these guns are still going to flood into our country. We live next to the largest gun store in the world, <laughs> yeah. the United States of yep. America. And, yep. and, I'm not saying, and I'm not saying it's their fault, but there are always going to be people that are going to take advantage of a market and a demand for an item like that with such enormous markup. Because a gun that costs you $200 in the U.S. might fetch 2000 here. Yeah, and 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 with that, and with that kind of margin, uh, you know, if it was any kind of legitimate enterprise, anybody would get involved in that kind of work. Uh, But but to to supply people that will use firearms uh, while engaging in criminal activity, certainly anybody out there that's listening, uh, you know, who would ever dream of trying to illegally transport a firearm over the border, uh, you're a piece of shit because, you know, I, like that, that, that's, the, that's the kind of person that, that gets people killed. And so I, you know, as a, as a firearm community member, I can think of nothing uh, more, uh, you know, nothing more insulting to our community, nothing more serious, uh, nothing, nothing that I would like m- to see more stomped out uh, than that kind of activity. I think that you got to be the lowest piece of
1: shit on the planet. I, I, We weren't going to talk about firearms. Yeah. I'm going to make make one comment. You make one more point, and then I'm going to transition to the the subject that I would like to talk about. Absolutely. So I I think now with with, um, the ban in New Zealand, it's going to be very interesting, and a lot of different people are going to be watching from a lot of different locations because now that they've outlawed and made it illegal to own um, certain categories of firearms— God forbid, what happens if there's a crime committed with one of those outlawed firearms? Oh, it's... it's What happens... Because the law is supposed to prevent that from happening, I would think, is their reasoning. Well, I'll tell you exactly. So what I'll, is I'll, I'll, it, is it going to get any press? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Well, well, the, well. For the people that
0: insisted that those laws be changed in that way, and it didn't improve anything, and something does still happen, nothing will happen to the people that changed laws. If, if anything, Not to the they'll people, step. Yeah. They'll, well, no, the people, the people that proposed the changes that were completely ineffective will step forward immediately and say, "See, we told you it should have been more serious. We should, have, we should have
1: done more." But will the quote-unquote media give that legit coverage just as much? coverage or uh, I don't know how else to phrase it as they did to the tragedy that just happened recently. No, no, and I mean, there's. It seems to me that the media selectively chooses yeah.
0: the things that they like to write about. Uh, and I mean, I mean, hey, they're a business; they can do that if they want. I think, in the interest of reporting and in, in the good spirit of reporting fairly uh, and objectively and, and, and impartially, they should probably uh, make sure that all sides are covered. But they won't do that. I, I've I've known that for years. And and you know, moving moving into the subject that. I do want to discuss. Uh, you know, New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand certainly is is changing their rules. A lot of people are asking a lot. You know, many questions about how how this is all going to kind of play out and how, you know, things may change here in Canada. Certainly, uh, we're going to look and see what kind of success they have with compliance. Uh, if people are turning in guns, if people are registering guns, uh, because there there is um, there is going to be a system in place. I'm told, whereby uh, they're going to change the classifications of guns. And it's funny because. Before uh, Trudeau was even elected and he was asked about the gun control issue, he immediately said, we can do a lot with the classification, classification. system. Yeah. And this is something that I truly believe has been in the work for years. And it wouldn't matter. Like, I mean, sooner or later, somebody was going to engage in an activity that was going to get enough uh, big exposure, uh, levels of exposure that, that it would you know, garner the kind of attention necessary to support whatever kind of move they make on firearm owners. But in New Zealand, they're going to allow people, I'm told, uh, through, through a kind of a grand grandfathering process. They're going to allow people to um, move these firearms that are in their possession uh, to the uh, class of license holder. Uh, that has has a, a license for that. So they're, they're going to be banned. It's going to be much like our system. We're going to have, you know, uh, different different tiers of, of firearms and the people who are in possession of those guns that are banned now in certain categories are going to be allowed the opportunity to uh, transition them to these other uh, class class title holders, uh, E-class, I think and, it's called. And told.
1: maintain ownership. And, 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 well, the people that
0: have the correct licenses correct. will be able to yeah. maintain ownership. Yeah. Uh, but if history's been any teacher, uh, here in Canada, up, they create, they love to break us into little subgroups because they don't want to fight us all at once. Divide and conquer. Well, yeah. So, so what, what I think they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to take certain guns and they're going to say, okay, these ones, and this is exactly what they did in the, in the mid nineties folks. They said, these guns are outright banned, no opportunity for, you know, any compensation or retention of any kind. These get turned in. And those were guns like, you know, tech nines, Spas 12s, you know, certain firearms, Cannot be owned by anybody. Turn them in for destruction. Usually those are the firearms. They're they're not that they're any more dangerous, but they're the the ones where there are fewer units out there. If they've determined that there are fewer of these guns and it's a much smaller group that they can attack, then they'll do that. And they'll say, okay, these, this small group of guns, outright banned, you can't have those. These kind of guns, we're going to, we're going to, Push them into the prohib category. It'll be, you know, 12-9, 12-10, whatever number they've arrived at lately. And they'll say that you can own these and possess them and retain them still if you own them prior to this date. But you can't take them to the range because that's what they did with the 4s and 5s and 3s and and 2s. You wouldn't be able to take those to the range anymore. And then they're going to ask that people register. Their their guns and that this is this is honestly what I think they're going to do. They're going to they're going to bring back that long gun registry. They're going to say, look, these guns, this is your opportunity to still legitimately own them. And I talked about this years ago. This is how you own them in celebration of legal firearm ownership and and for the good that, you know, people out there. Oops, is that my phone? Yes, it is. Oh, well, you know,
1: it it always seems to happen. It's Frank this time. It's not Phil. It's Frank. Oh,
0: it's Frank. Yeah, you know what, Frank? I'm going to give you a call back very shortly. Hold on. We'll turn that off. But I think that we're going to get opportunities to retain certain guns. I think they're going to ban certain other ones uh, outright. But ultimately, though... uh Nothing's going to be accomplished in terms of an improvement to public safety, which brings me to my next point and the next topic that I'd like to discuss. And one of the reasons why I have you here is, you know, to get to the root of the problem. We got to talk about things like, you know, kids. Kids today. I mean, we look at the numbers, and you look at the people that are involved in these incidents. Uh, you know, with gang gang-related activity, they're always, you know, sub 25, sub 30. Um, you know, they're from uh, vulnerable segments of society. People uh, that have fallen victim to the trappings of, uh, you know, getting in, getting involved with gangs and, you know, stopping those kids before they get to that point. Now, coach Nick, uh, you know, I know you're an elementary school teacher. I know that you have taught a number of kids over the years, and I know that you've uh, also been a football coach. So you've seen, you know, quite a few uh, students come your way, uh, in, 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 in a broad age range, getting to these kids before, they get an opportunity to develop the kind of tendencies that, you know, would put them in a position where they could fall victims to the trappings of you know gang activity. You know, working with kids. I mean, what is it that you're seeing out there in terms of you know changes? Like, I mean, what? what like, I mean, you're you when you're working with kids, okay. you know, like I mean, you you get them at an early age, and yep. you know,
1: uh, in the classroom. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, what, what's 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 your feeling on you know steering kids away from? You know gang activities and getting
1: the, them involved slash providing opportunities for them that do not involve or that that would involve them uh spending their time away from that that you know the negative influences um there's a lot of different uh, uh, opportunities within within schools clubs um that kind of thing, but I mean there's also you know there's still. Uh, um opportunities within the community too to play various sports and this is and this is where I think things have sort of changed you know, you've got seems like a, a
0: host of parents that you know don't want their kids playing contact sports because I've always really been a strong proponent of athletics and academics going hand in hand mm-hmm. and ultimately uh, breeding uh you know cultivating a, a much a much more well-rounded student and one that stays away from criminal activity. Yeah, you know, like I got a lot of respect for you as a coach. It can be frustrating at times, you know,
1: working with kids. Sure uh, can, absolutely. But it, it, you know, in in many respects, there's a lot of parallels between coaching and teaching. In terms of, uh, I mean, you you want to teach somebody how to do division, you don't just put the question from say, okay, divide. You have to teach them the steps. No different than teaching um, a different technique or a play in football. You just, you don't just say go out and run this. You you teach it in steps. Not until they've demonstrated. Uh, proficiency with respect to the level of or the 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 part that you're demonstrating, you're trying to coach them up to. You advance them to the next to the next level, the next play, the next question, whatever it may be. Well, as as a, as, a, as a police
0: officer of 20 years, uh, I I noticed something that if you could get them early enough and turn them around early enough, you could resolve so many issues. And I mean that that goes for parenting too. Like I mean, you talk to parents and you'd say to them, like, look, I know your kids only, you know. Ten years old, but I'm seeing some things that are very uh, disturbing. They're usually indicative of much bigger problems to come, and it has more to do with your parenting style and your approach. Just about
1: to say that, yeah,
0: right. Than it does with your kids' behavioral issues. If you look at them kind of, you know, outwardly, it's it's really important that you grab them when they're young and instill that sense of respect, um, you know, honesty. and, 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 and certainly, uh, get them involved in activities that help socialize them correctly and, and teach them that, you know, the idea of whacking somebody over the head with a bat is not the correct, uh, answer to resolving, you know, issues.
1: And and I would agree with that. I was, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, parenting style has changed a lot since I was in elementary school. Um, yeah when i was in elementary school and i'm sure it's probably going to be the same for you our parent was our parent our parent was not our buddy oh yeah right but added to that added to that we came home school we went out and if we were jackasses in the community Mm -hmm. uh typically parents knew other parents and everybody knew each other in the neighborhood and if you had to be Uh, disciplined or spoken to by somebody else, it was never, it was never questioned because everybody is on the same page. Now people come home, they go in their house and you know, maybe neighborhoods aren't neighborhoods like they used to be. The the level, the level of
0: engagement has changed dramatically in some respects you're connected with the entire world. In other respects, I see parents and children and parents and community members and families and communities disconnected from one another. It's really weird. People
1: come home, go in their house and their houses a little microcosm. The house is their little, the house is now the neighborhood. Yeah. Whereas before all the houses comprised a neighborhood and Parents didn't have issue with other parents disciplining their kids because chances are, uh, if you did something wrong, they would agree with it cuz everybody's pretty much cut from the same cloth. You don't find that these days. Well, you were you were raised in the 70s, you uh,
0: were raised in the 80s. You know, like yes. you right? So you remember the way it was. If you, yes. if you made the mistake of getting yourself thrown into the principal's office. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Come on did it ever happen A couple to you? times yeah oh, okay yeah. like i like i was raised during the era of the paddle in and elementary it, and high school. Yeah. They had
1: phased out the strap. I guess somebody, I guess somebody. I, I was still around. You I, were around for the I strap. Got, I you, well, wasn't just around for the strap. Yeah, I, I got the you, strap a few did times. Did you experience the strap? Absolutely. You know, what, and you turned out okay. Absolutely. Well, depends who you ask again. <laughs> you
0: know what? I was, I was, I guess, I guess some liberal minded soft teacher, you know, suggested that, you know, perhaps a
1: strap was a little bit too much. You know, uh, the generation before me. If you're really in trouble, you got the strap. If you, if you're being <sighs> a jackass in class. Yeah. You yeah. get the wood ruler across the hand.
0: Yeah, see, I got the paddle. There was a ping pong paddle in my in my school, and, and a ruler, and it was all like it was almost like it was under glass. It was almost like in case of emergency. It's like a trophy. <laughs> yeah, in case of emergency, <laughs> beat child. You know, like it, it, you could see. It was it was like in a presentation. You don't really advocate I, dude, I'm not kidding you. It was in a presentation case i w- I went to St John the Baptist Elementary School <laughs> in Hamilton, and the paddle was under glass, right, and it was there, right to be accessed whenever necessary. That's the <laughs> right and I, don't I was know what to say well, I was uh, you know what and i and i I always had people remind me that were a little bit older like, hey, man, you weren't around during our generation, man, we had the strap, like, yeah, you know like yeah. that, you know.
1: Well, you and I have talked about this in the past. It, it, it's I'd be very interested to know if there's a study been done, and if anybody knows of this, please post a comment or where we can find it because I, I would really be interested in reading it. When we, because we used to have corporal or corporal punishment, yep, yep. Um, and then they did away with corporal punishment, and I want to know exactly what the year is that they did away with corporal punishment, and somebody, if somebody has tracked the statistics in terms of um, uh, uh, violent occurrences in schools, uh, disrespect towards teachers and adults, and just see if there is any kind of correlation there. Yeah. Yeah. You I'd know be what? very interested.
0: Well, well, you know what, even without seeing the, the, the numbers, I would probably suggest to you, and I'm going to say this, that there's been a complete loss of respect, uh, you know, for, for People in position of authority. Kids and don't vision. fear
1: the principal's office yeah. anymore. Yeah,
0: like I mean, you know, like to, to have a student turn around to, to you as a teacher, you know, and flip you the bird. Like I mean, like I, I can only has imagine. Has never happened. Well, but well, no, but like, but I but I know it has. It, so in oh, other, it in does other, happen. in other places. Absolutely. It and, does. and and you know, like I like I think back to my generation. Like I remember, I remember, you know, swearing out loud by accident. You know, as a young man in the schoolyard, and, and I you mean, look around and see. I, you I like, covered yeah. my I covered my mouth. It slipped yeah. out. Yeah. I, you know, like, I covered. My my mouth and I looked around to see who had hurt because yeah. I, because I knew that was an instant paddling, you know, like if you, if you, I went to a Catholic school, so, you know, yeah, same. The, the, the nuns, the nuns could at any point beat you, right? If you, like, if you weren't looking and you, you made the mistake of saying the word shit, you, you could get blindsided. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and, 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 you know, you talk to the older kids and they would tell you, you know, you don't know how good you got it. Like, you know, they, we had the belt around, you know, if you talk to the kids in high school, they'd say, oh yeah, when I was there, you know, there was a, there was a leather belt that was twice as wide as the one that came after it. It There's no
1: healthy fear anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But while I mean, in in the, in the oldest days, I, you know, I'm sure it was much worse. You know, you'd hear people talking about, you know, leather belts with like, you know, metal hooks on it that would rip the meat off your body. Well, yeah, that's a little extreme. That's a little extreme. (laughs) No, but, no, but like like, there was, there was though a healthy respect for adults and for people in positions of authority. Absolutely. You wouldn't think back, uh, you know, you wouldn't think back, uh, back then anybody would dream of talking back to a cop uh no. or you know like no. no no and and so so to see this decline in respect and 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 see an increase in you know behavioral issues in in young kids and and, and i mean i remember you know when when kids were doing drugs you know when i hit that 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 mm-hmm. level in high school like i remember being you know very you know guarded and saying like you know kids with drugs they' they're, they're, they're the ones you want to stay away from and it was still it's still taught today but in some respects you know music and 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 culture has kind of normalized that in a way that I think is very unhealthy yeah and, uh, and,
1: and, and uh, again with the with the increased uh, frequency of behavioral issues in the classroom uh, just over a week ago the Ministry of Education in Ontario decided they wanted to increase class sizes yeah. And, and and that's going to have an impact on one-on-one one one on time with, you know, students. Well, notwithstanding the fact that maybe you have a split grade, yeah. maybe you have 28 kids, yeah. maybe you have seven IEPs, which are individual education plans, which is different for each of those seven kids. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have another uh, child in there that's autistic yeah. and you don't have an EA. I mean, some people say, well, that's mm-hmm. what you get paid for. Absolutely. That's what we get paid for. But- the classroom of, of, of 2019 is very different from the classroom of, 2000, or excuse me, uh, 1973, when you didn't have all those other concerns or other distractions or other whatever label you want to put on them because they were in, uh, you know... A separate classroom that where there were lower numbers. Yes. And you had someone specifically trained to meet their needs. Yes. And they had a higher one-to-one ratio. And, and you had the support of parents. And you had the support of parents. Yeah. It's, it's
0: certainly for everybody out there that thinks that, it, you know, teachers got it cushy, taking summers off, getting paid too well. I, I can tell you that I, you know, I have a number of friends that are teachers and uh, believe it or not, I have a number of friends that are liberals, uh, the, you know, the good people the good, the good, liberals. The good uh, liberals, Yeah, you know, anybody out there that wants to criticize me for saying that I don't care. I'm, uh, you know, I'm only teasing, but the truth is, is that teachers have it pretty rough, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's a huge responsibility being tasked with the, you know, taking care of kids, uh, for, for any period of time, 30, 30 hours a week, 30 hours a week. Yeah. yeah you know, and then you got to go home, you got to mark papers, you got to, you know, uh, deal with, deal with kids, uh,
1: following, you know, class time deal with parents that that can be entertaining. It can be. It can be. Yeah, especially when your philosophy doesn't match their philosophy, but it's your classroom, and you need to you know, run it the way you see fit for everybody concerned. See, I, lo- I you know
0: what, and for the people that don't know Coach Nick very well, I can tell you I'm, I'm completely 100% in love with your method of teaching kids and the way it's you old that you approach. It's very old school with a nice modern twist. You know, you're definitely always cognizant of the fact that, you know, you can't whack kids anymore. That's changed. But at the same time, though, you definitely demand a degree of respect from your kids and there's expectations in from, terms of performance. From day one. There from day no, one. There's no compromise on certain things. Well, I think in a, I think in a lot of ways, you become a surrogate parent, and I mean every every teacher is, uh, you know, in some respects. Yeah. A, a sur- and a lot
1: of times too. And I mean, I've taught in and been in schools where, um, you know, similar to East End schools. Yeah. So where you where you see kids coming to school that have dirt on their face. Yeah. That have, you know, a, one granola bar in their lunch to eat all day. So you 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 see that so. I mean, you you kind of next to a nugget of cat shit that accidentally got, yeah. you know, so it's kind (laughs) of like when you're in a situation like that, academics almost take a second, take a back seat. Yeah. You know, I, I, you definitely, And, and anybody I hear, and I hear this quite a bit in the staff room and oddly enough, it's from, it's from the older retired teachers that maybe still supply teaches they're complaining. I'm like, what the frig are you complaining about? Yeah. I mean, it's like teaching is no different than any other profession. You've got your positives. You've got your negatives. Learn how to deal with it. Yeah. And, and there's not a whole heck of a lot of surprises uh, going into teaching. There, there, there isn't. You kind of know what the deal is getting into it. So if you know what the deal is ahead of time, don't complain. We, we've got it pretty good in a lot of respects. There's, a, there's some other things that, you know, that if I didn't have to deal with on a daily basis and maybe things don't directly um, – uh, 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 connect to kids, political type things. I could do away with that because I would rather, much rather devote that time to the kids, uh, covering, covering your ass as a teacher is huge now. There's so much time spent covering your ass, uh, that we didn't have to worry about in 1973, 1975, whatever it was, I would much rather take that time, And devote it to a kid that's struggling with math or or a kid that needs extra help or a kid that is a one parent family who got four hours sleep and who has, you know, the one granola bar who maybe doesn't want to go outside because their, their, their winter jacket is ripped. I've seen all this. Yeah. Stay in. I don't care what you do. Stay in because you're cold. Stay in because you're hungry. I'll go get you some food. I've done all this. That's just part and parcel of teaching. You know, that's just the way it goes. Well, you know, it certainly
0: certainly it's challenging in this day and age. They keep on piling the responsibilities on top of, you know, what it is that you already have to do. Uh, you know, the environment's changed. Uh, you know, certainly you got to, like you say, cover your ass. And, and in that respect, it, it really does mirror uh, policing. And and for, for people out there that think that it's an easy job to be a police officer, or you've seen two police cars side by side and you think that they do nothing all day long. I, I can tell you that those are the breaks that they take uh, to do report writing. At
1: but the if side by side of Tim Hortons, you're going to have a tough Time to think, Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, you know, we, coffee is a commodity, man. Like, you people don't understand. It's what keeps Get us your going. coffee go side by side under the Burlington Street overpass. Twenty years, yep.
0: Twenty years, I, you know, they're, they're two of the four basic food groups: caffeine and nicotine. You know, <laughs> yeah. I lived on coffee and cigarettes. People don't understand. Yeah. You know, working twelve-hour shifts and fourteen-hour shifts, uh, you know, it, it gets it gets a little taxing. You know, you got to keep running. But 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 like but like teaching, uh, policing policing is an activity that you know is constantly. Evolving. Evolving and changing, and uh, hopefully improving. But I, I notice that they keep on piling more and more responsibilities, yeah. and, and, yep. and, and as a result, you know the ch- the challenges that you face as a there's teacher there's always a and new initiative there's yeah. always the
1: new flavor of the week that comes around every two or three years if yeah. they push 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 like like policing Some yeah. idiot comes up with a
0: new idea that they think is going to be uh, grand and is going to have a huge impact hey let's try
1: this hey let's try that why don't you try teaching math this way or that and so, and, I, and I look and I, and, and I question it because if I got a kid that's in grade four or grade five who can't mentally add five and five I don't give a rat's ass what this new flavor of the week is because that kid doesn't have what they need if yeah. they haven't got the basics who cares about this other the 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 fluff, and 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 this is where I'm
0: liking Doug Ford and where he's taking education. Well, I know, like I know, I know we're gonna have I'm a different yeah. I'm I,
1: cringing. Yeah, I see. Yeah, because I watched the I watched the press conference, and it's gonna be very potentially could be very reminiscent of. Uh, Harris, and yeah. that was not a good time for education. Well, but, but I do believe, though, that getting back to the basics is something For that's math. More, for, it was specific for math. to math. Well, the, and the, I agree with and that. The, and I, was, I was happy to see it, that. And that's what I'm talking about. God, but judging, of, judging me
0: so fast. I was no, talking okay, about math.
1: so do me a solid then, and I'll send you this uh, through social media. Uh, a buddy of mine who's a high school teacher uh, posted this to his, his Facebook page, and, and I... Um, Reposted it to mine. So the education minister who yeah. uh, announced all these changes just over a week ago, they're going to be coming in um, to the education system. Uh, someone took it upon themselves to do a background check on uh, the education minister. Okay. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. she uh-oh. doesn't have a university degree. No, she doesn't have a college diploma. Uh-oh. She's never worked in education. What? She's taken five half credits at the University of Guelph with respect to some kind of certificate that essentially amounts to approximately one semester of university. But she was the, she was the CEO, the president, or ran a goat collective. What? A goat collective. What, I don't know what the Sam Hill of a goat collective is. It's something to do with agriculture, farming. And, it's
0: got far, to yeah. be it's got to be livestock. Yeah, something to do with livestock. That's it. That's why I'm, I'm speculating, but that, I mean, yeah, no,
1: no, correct. So, so
0: hold on. So you're you're telling me that the minister of education, yes, for for Ontario,
1: yes, who who is making recommendations about education, who is suggesting that or not suggesting, who says that that class size is going to increase. Uh, And because it's and her rationale was we need to develop more resilient kids. So let's put more kids in the classroom. So there's the the teacher to student time goes down. Uh, We'll develop more resilient kids. So essentially, are you saying it's survival of the fittest? Kumite, kumite, kumite. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, enter no, the octagon. Well, no,
0: yeah.
1: Well hold on. Well,
0: you know, I, I want to believe that there's some, some sound logic behind this. I mean I I'm not I'm not gonna point it is, out if
1: you know. Well no, I, I, again, look, I watched the, the I press, press conference I, 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 and it's I I was kind of Wow, this is going to be interesting a couple well, of years I, if they I, bring this I, stuff in. You know what? I always defer
0: to your good judgment as it relates to matters of education. And if you tell me that it doesn't look promising...
1: I well, that's get... her background. I'll send you the link. I'll send you the article. Well, isn't it isn't it fantastic that
0: we've got someone that was in charge of a goat collective? I mean, I, that, that, that inspires confidence, doesn't it?
1: Well, I guess you have some kind of business sense, but education is not a business. You're, that, you're that, dealing with young people. The, well,
0: that, that concerns me. I'm hoping that they have a team of advisors working around the clock to make
1: sure that no... Poor choices get made, and then, but then again, Rob Ford came out and threatened the teachers to not challenge him. Don't dare challenge us on class size. Like there, you will not find any academic literature or study that will uh, that will advocate or. Demonstrate a positive correlation to an increase in class size equals a uh, better education, or it's better for the students. You will not find one. Well
0: you, you know, and, and and you just reminded me of something. It's a little bit of an offshoot of this. We discussed this earlier. the The idea that um, that there might be a study conducted, and, I, and somebody can you know call in to us. or, oh, or yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to discuss this, and I, somebody can send in if they know of a study. Uh, you're more than welcome to DM me, uh, send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, or send it to our uh, email at. Uh, the canadian gun vault inc at gmail.com if you know of a study because i'd like to see this done I, i'd like i've noticed something over the years um families that engage in the shooting sports uh, parents who take their children's shooting teach their children uh, to respect firearms uh, teach them all about you know the safety protocol and and the kids that engage in, in shooting activities in my opinion turn out to be the most respectful uh, you know, and they, they ultimately turn out to be very law-abiding, respectable, uh, you know, upstanding citizens. I'd love to know if a study's ever been conducted that would uh, indicate a correlation between, uh, you know, today's youth that engage in the shooting sports.
1: yeah, and Yeah, and, and, and whether or not they get involved in criminal activity. And I'm willing to bet as well that there would be some kind of related correlation between parenting styles. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, I, I I could see that. Now, are they're they the only type of respectful kid? No way. I've, I've come across a lot of kids that are very respectful, and very well raised. Who who um, have nothing to do with guns. Who had nothing to do with guns. But yeah, they were involved in maybe organized sport at a high level, which um, I can see there being some parallels to. Uh, being involved in the shooting sports yeah well well, like i mean since we talk about guns and
0: i mean since this is a gun related channel I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna suggest that i i'm willing to bet that if there was a study conducted um kids that are involved in shooting sports uh and that they're never involved in criminal activity i'd love to see that
1: study come to light i'd like i'd like to see that presented and i think you would find as well having uh Done an advanced degree and having done studies and research to to um, kind of defend that advanced degree, uh, I, I think you would find a number of different correlations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. no, like I mean, it just, it makes sense to me. Like
0: in order to, in order to engage the activity, you have to be brought up by somebody that uh, is, is supervising you that has maintained their firearm license. And in order to do that, they got to, they have to be,
1: behave themselves out in public. They, they, they have well, to not just behave themselves, but when you're, when you're teaching somebody, you have to teach in a very methodical specific way. I'm, I'm just saying kids, right? kids, that, kids, yeah. the kids,
0: the kids won't get exposed to the shooting sports. If they're not, if it's not presented to them by somebody that has, you
1: know, a license, and and who because they're socialized from the get-go yeah to be respectful of that and that is something that you can earn yeah. so again that which maybe would connect back and correlate back to parenting style. Yeah, and you know and I've talked about this with a lot
0: of parents and uh, and when I usually you know people are already gun owners when I speak to them but you know people have asked me you know when's a good age to you know start to get your kids shooting you know like I, I want to introduce my my child to firearms you know we never let them anywhere near them they're locked up my kids I've heard in many instances you know kids don't even know we have guns in the house um, and so those questions have come up but when when I've spoken to parents I, I've noticed something that this, this I find it fan you know fascinating and fantastic, but uh, for the kid that's taken shooting, you know, by his parent, like, they all love it like I mean when you when you get when you get any you know youth out there on the firing line and enjoying themselves uh, you know in, in a supervised kind of environment you see these kids you know having an absolute blast enjoying themselves you know safely and and knowing full well because like in, in in policing you know I used to tell parents take away things from your kids and, and there's a lot of people that would disagree with this strategy if your kid is misbehaving if he's a brat you take away the things that he loves I mean that's that's your job as a parent you provide him with these things, you can take them away from them. So firearms are actually one of those things. Because if you take Billy's Xbox away from him, he'll just take a walk down the street, go see Joey, who's got PlayStation 4, and his fun will continue unabated without Not any if permission. Not told to you. keep his ass in his room. Well, you know, it, it depends on your parenting style. Well, but, yeah. but ultimately, though, if you control access to the things that they want, you can control a child's behavior. And, and for everybody out there that says you shouldn't try and control your child's behavior, I disagree. What, I, I think disagree. that's what raising a kid that, is. Behavior per, modification that, well, to be and, a
1: good person. Good citizen, good citizen be respectful
0: and, and obey well, the law and, and what well, well we'll have some differences of opinion with some people some people would argue that you know what i am not going to influence my child's behavior in any way i want them to be feel free to behave you know whatever way they want and express themselves any way they want i'm going to argue that 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 can't be in a fashion that hurts anybody else or is disrespectful Absolutely to anybody not. else so so for the parents out there that would sit there and say well i don't know what to do i mean I, I stop giving him his allowance he takes he takes money from my my change purse i take away his xbox he just goes down down to Billy's down the street. You know, like if I if I tell him no TV, he just goes for a walk and visits another don't friend and can watch your,
1: it. Pardon the pun, stick to your guns. Stick to your guns. Well, I,
0: you know, and I always maintain, don't bend as parents. The minute that you give an inch, like if you're not a united front, mom and dad, you know, kind of on the same page. If one gives in while the other is harsh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't do anything that's really productive. It's actually quick counterproductive. But when you're a firearms owner and your child knows that you're the only one that has access to those firearms and you control the keys to your kids' enjoyment, Literally, that what you produce is a kid that knows that if he steps out of line, you're going to take away something they seriously enjoy. And that
1: affords parents a degree of control that is unparalleled, in my opinion. It, it, it absolutely, absolutely 100 percent agree. The caveat being talk is cheap. Say you're going to do it and you don't or you only do it half ass, then that delivers a half ass message yeah. that you can only get so far. Yeah, if it's, if it's, it, it has to be, you know, if then, if you do this, then you will be permitted. It's there, there can be no gray area in between if you don't want gray area in between. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know what? And, and the last thing I would ask you is, is. You know, certainly
0: uh, back to the gangs and drugs, uh, for the kids out there that, you know, fall victim to the trappings of, you know, engagement in these activities, you know, what, what, do, you, what do you think, you know, Coach Nick, what do you tell a kid, you know, that can make, you know, a thousand bucks a day, a thousand bucks a week, whatever it is, you know, selling drugs. And then, of course, you know, if you're going to engage in the activity of selling drugs and you're going to carry firearms illegally, uh, and you know, if you're going to... You're going to pursue, you know, that sort of, what do you, what do you tell, how do you discourage a kid from making that kind of money? The kind of, the kind of scratch that gives you juice as a, as a young man, you know, like you, you're 14 years old, you start moving product. The next thing you know, you know, you're the man on campus. People want to talk to you. They respect you. They're afraid of you because I mean, you really don't care. You know, you can, you can, you can, you can behave in ways that, you know, other people do not. What do you tell that kid? What do you tell that kid that wants to get into that lifestyle? You know, like, what do you tell that kid it, that he's, he's going to have to sling fries at the Local McDonald's,
1: if you know, for for twelve dollars an Am I hour. Am speaking as as a coach now or as a teacher? You know, what, let, let's start let's start with teacher. Um, from a teaching standpoint, we're, we're kind of restricted, and I don't mean to see, say that negatively, but we have a, a very kind of uh, narrow set of parameters that we can operate. With uh, under within the confines of a classroom. Yeah. If 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 I'm getting wind of something like that, and it's it's a student that I know. Yeah. Uh, there's a certain set of 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 procedures that kind of be need to be kicked in right away. There's protocol. There's protocol for that. There's protocol, and a lot of times it's it can maybe uh, you know you make the CAS call, yep. or if it's something even more extreme, you, you go to admin, and now it's out of your hands. And What's the th-
0: threshold for that call? Like I mean, is, can rumors
1: qualify? You hear a rumor that that Billy's got if drugs it, or now. What? If it's a rumor, yeah. Um. It, Probably I would, you know, have a conversation with the child maybe sometimes, but at you know, right away that goes to admin.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep. okay. right away that goes to so, admit. So, Absolutely, and, and,
1: All right, And then now, and, and as and as a coach, as a coach. Uh, I would have a frank one-to-one conversation in the language that of my choice, uh, not meaning like English or French. Uh, so maybe some colorful language. Yeah. But I mean, again, it, it's it's very much predicated on, on your relationship with the, with that player, absolutely. Um, or that, or you know, because been, I mean, I've coached hundreds of kids over the 25 years I've been a coach, and I'll have a great relationship with with you know a kid that that. I'm not his direct position coach, but you just, you you kind of bond with that kid and I can go and pull that kid aside and say, like, pull up your pants. Like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Right. Like, like, or, but then again, conversely, there's kids that I coach that I don't have that, that relationship with. So what do I do? I find a coach that does have a better relationship um, with that child or with that player and say, here's the deal. You maybe need to have a conversation with them because they're more apt to listen to you than they are to me.
0: And and knowing you, I, I think that if nobody had that relationship, you would probably work hard to foster it. I, oh, I, I absolutely. Know, I know the kind of man you are. You would go out of your way. You have the kids' best interests at heart. And uh, as both a teacher and a coach, uh, you know, I'm certainly proud to call you friend, and uh, definitely definitely think that your style is one that could be uh, something that others would be uh, you know able to learn, able to learn from, and, and certainly would uh, would be able to appreciate. And yeah. see
1: as a coach, you can get away with certain things you can't as a teacher yeah, yeah. um you know so it, it that you're kind of afforded a little bit more of a leeway to be able to have that conversation yeah. um, um with with one of your players so
0: if, if you know what if i was blessed uh, and, and was a parent i would want my kid to be in your class and certainly and certainly would want him uh or her uh you know to be under uh, under your uh you know, your authority and uh, and playing for you as a coach would be fantastic. Who knows? Maybe that'll happen one day.
1: Oh, well, we'll see.
0: All right. Well, anyway, that's about all the time we have. Thank you so much, Coach Nick, for being here.
1: Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me again.
0: Excellent, folks. Well, you know, we hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight and stay safe.